Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Hey, Her Sports Story Tribe. Today on the podcast, we have Megan Astore. Megan is a former gymnast turned gymnastics coach and now health and fitness coach that focuses on helping former athletes shift into the real world. And let's just say she totally gets the transition out of sport including rediscovering life's passions and reigniting the connection with healthy movement and lifestyles. It was such a blast talking with Megan, and she actually kicked off the Her Sports Story podcast. Yep, this is the first one. So bear with us as audio can get a little fuzzy, and this was my first go at playing podcast host. But I hope you enjoy it because it truly felt as if I was having a conversation with a good friend on these athlete afterlife topics and was just so, so much fun. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. We are so happy to have you on the show. How are you doing? Hi, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really good today. I got a good workout in this morning and I'm feeling really positive and optimistic. So I'm excited to do this interview. Great. No, it's always, you know, I of course follow you on Instagram and you're so inspiring with, you know, the workouts that you post and, you know, kind of sharing your inspiration. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And it's amazing. Um, Megan and I connected on Instagram. I'm pretty sure I reached out to you at some point in time. Yes, I believe so. (laughs) Yeah, and I I saw your page and what you were doing. And, of course, you were a former gymnast, too, so we had that. So I was so excited. I was like, I am messaging her. We are connecting. This is going to be great. And, you know, I really appreciate your, you know, like vulnerability on your, you know, on your blog and, you know, sharing your journey. So I'm really excited for the Her Sports Story listeners to kind of get a glimpse into your life. So first and foremost, though, let's get a quick look on your athlete journey. All right. So first of all, yes, I think it's really awesome that we have such an awesome community of athletes and people that are kind of on the same journey as us to connect with over Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, But as far as my journey goes, I started gymnastics when I was about six years old. Um, I remember when my parents told me that I was going to start gymnastics, I was like so excited. I started flipping around the house (laughs) trying to teach myself cartwheels and round offs. I was outside in the backyard teaching my brother, my younger brother, how to do them. And I was just like so excited Um, because I just felt like I was one of those kids who was like a little monkey, loved to climb on everything, Mm -hmm. especially all over the house. So I just kind of had that feeling at a young age that this is where 
like I was meant to be, like I was meant to be a gymnast. And I'm sure you probably felt the same way. Oh, yeah, totally. Similar story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I remember starting, and I just picked it up super, super quickly. It was so much fun. And Mm -hmm. by the time I was eight, I had started competing already. So they put me onto the competition team, and I started competing two years later. And I felt like before I finished that year, I felt like I was eight going on 18. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Had crazy amount of muscles that I never even knew existed. And mm-hmm. just the mindset in itself at such a young age, like, and I'm sure, obviously, again, you can relate to this, is that there was so much, I guess, expected of us as gymnasts yeah. and young mm-hmm. gymnasts. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of crazy how fast you mature in sports, especially like a sport like gymnastics, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything from, of course, physically, that happens, no doubt. And then, but like mentally and emotionally, like you're being prepped and worked hard and there's situations where, you know, you got to step up. Like you remember your first time competing at mm-hmm. all? Like, um, well, I, I remember mine. I was so nervous. I forgot like half the beamer team, jumped off, <laughs> saluted, walked away. I got like a, I think I got like a 4.7, my very first beamer team. And I, I got a rainbow ribbon for participation. And I was so excited because my ribbon was rainbow. It was like, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for showing up. But yeah, no, that's so, so cool. So how long did, you know, you stay in the sport? So my journey actually wasn't super long, not as long as I had expected or wanted mm-hmm. it to be at first. I thought I was mm-hmm. going to be, you know, the next Dominique Luciano yeah. in the Olympics <laughs> and competing next to these crazy, insane, awesome athletes, and it just didn't happen. But basically, I stayed with it competitively till I was about 15, and that was when mm-hmm. I was reaching the end of middle school, going into high school, and like things just started to change drastically, Mm -hmm. like, you know, in just my regular life. So it kind of took a toll on me, and it made me feel like I was going to miss out on things, you know, being a gymnast. um, Our practices were long and so many days a week, so you were really, like, it was a commitment. I mean, sports in general are a commitment, but, Mm -hmm. you know, going from school all day and then having to, you know, most sports, they kind of go right after school, but hours were late at night. So I wasn't getting yeah. home till nine o'clock, nine thirty at night. Mm-hmm. And I had to still finish homework and I had to eat dinner at some point. Sometimes I had to go with my mom to work. Um, she worked in the restaurant industry for a very long time. And mm-hmm. so her shifts were at night and I would have to go with her mm-hmm. to work and then I'd get a ride to practice. So sometimes I was kind of eating on the go and which was kind of like that go, go, go mentality at such a young age that I just kind of, I guess I I didn't like it in a sense. Like I was mm-hmm. fearful of it. I was afraid that that was going to be my life for the rest yeah. of my life. And it scared me. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want it to be that way. So I stuck with it in high school and I joined the school team and then I quit competitive gymnastics. And that was like, super devastating. I was so hard on myself for doing that. 
I tried to make excuses that, oh, I wasn't doing very well in school, which at the time I kind of wasn't because I guess I was more of the social butterfly that wanted to, <laughs> you know, hang out with my friends and mm-hmm. chat and have fun. Um, but yeah, like it just kind of took over, that fear took over and I was really hard on myself about it. And then it was hard finding the joy in gymnastics after that because it was only seasonal. I wasn't doing mm-hmm. it all year round. So I felt like I was getting worse and I was losing a lot of my skills and I was losing my strength and flexibility. So I kind mm-hmm. of just was giving up on it, I guess, at that point. And I tried joining the school track team to, mm-hmm. like, fill the void. Yep. <laughs> but I think that's, like, a big thing with athletes when you when your sport abruptly comes to an end or, you know, even with an injury. Mm-hmm. They're very mentally taxing, I think, um, especially if it causes you to miss out on a lot of your sport or have to quit, you know, completely. Yeah. It kind of takes a toll on you. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, in my story, I, I quit twice in high school, like right before college. And it's really, you know, I look back at those times and I know you can relate to this. Like, honestly, how sometimes confused you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good at a sport. You love, you know, aspects of the sport, but you feel like it's overtaking your life. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you feel like you're missing out on those school dances or social life. And no, it's definitely, you know, a, an experience in itself trying to navigate that. Right. And then, and then coming like, you know, to an end and being okay with how you decided to retire from your sport. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was definitely the hardest mm -hmm. part because at first I was okay with it, but it was Mm -hmm. after the fact that I realized, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to practice four or five days a week for three hours at a time. Now I'm only practicing like two hours, three days a week, maybe um, right after school. And it was just completely different. I was actually like kind of a gymnast coach on our gymnastics team because I was probably one of the only club gymnasts on my school team. Mm -hmm. So Mm-hmm. My coaches kind of looked for me, looked to me to kind of help out the other girls. So I was like teaching my friends floor routines and beam routines, and I was coming up with stuff for them. Like I was kind of helping my coaches coach the team, wow. which was um, so. I guess in a sense, I started working at a very young age. Yeah, um, but I lost that sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, once yeah, it ended. And- Totally. And that in itself is like a whole nother chapter. If you after sport, what are you finding that, you know, kind of lights your soul up again? So can you talk a little bit about going deeper into that transition time for us? Yes. So that transition going into college, you know, leaving high school and just kind of feeling like lost. You know, people would ask me, Megan, are you going to go to a school with a gymnastics team? Are you going to continue gymnastics in college? And I was just like, nah, like I'm not good enough, you know. And I just kind of started creating this belief system that I wasn't good enough because 
I quit. And that was that whole, you know, being hard on myself and being my self-critic, um, just kind of taking that with me throughout the rest of my journey into my adult years. And so I started going to college for um, – originally I was going to go to college for accounting because I had taken an extra math class in high school for accounting. And I was pretty good at it. I wasn't very good at math. I was behind a year in math, so I had to kind of fill in the blank with this accounting course. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know. Like, mm-hmm. It was it was such a weird feeling coming out of high school and leaving gymnastics that I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. What am I going to do the rest of my life? You know, all those dreams that I had as a kid are completely going in the opposite direction. And I just felt like I didn't know where my place was. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I had a chat with um, the athletic director from my high school. We were pretty close. He was a good family friend, but he also knew my brothers as well. They were both in sports. So the three of us being in school sports and in the community, pretty well known around the community, we had a good relationship with him. And I went to him and I told he was asking me, you know, what are you doing? What are you going to college for? Like, what's your plan? And I was just kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go for accounting. And he was just like, Megan, no, that's not <laughs> happening. That's <laughs> he's awesome. like, are you kidding me? He's like, I don't see that at all. He's like, listen, here's what we're going to do. He's like, I'm going to get you an internship for this summer. I want you to try it out. Just keep an open mind. He said, you don't have to go this way, but I just kind of want to get you interested in, you know, seeing what else is out there. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, fine. So he got me an internship with a friend at a physical therapy place. And I did that for, I think it was about four weeks through the summer, mm-hmm. just randomly kind of learning about it. But I remember the first day I was just kind of mesmerized in a way, which is weird to say because science wasn't really a strong thing for me either. I mean, I mm-hmm. liked it, but I liked to learn it on my own terms. Yeah. So when I saw this new career choice, I was just floored. I was like, this is where I want to go. I want to help people. This is exactly where I need to be. I'm back in the athletic community. And it just kind of, like, shifted my thought process a little bit. And I said, okay, like, I have something else to look forward to now. But yeah. – it was a struggle because school for me really didn't come, had to work really, really hard. And, but I also wanted to enjoy my life. So I was struggling with, you know, balancing everything out throughout my twenties and going to college and working. I started working in the restaurant industry and that was just in itself. That's a life sucking (laughs) area (laughs) to work with. That was, um, quite the adventure in itself being in the restaurant industry for a very long time Hmm. getting me through college but I still kind of just felt like even through all of that I still felt like something was missing but Mm -hmm. I kept on going um and I just started on this path of science and I just loved everything but it wasn't easy definitely wasn't easy yeah and I think maybe in a way our sport or your sport kind of preps you in in that way you know like Mm -hmm. you you're definitely especially you know as a physical therapist my husband went through the schooling and it is a grind and so Mm -hmm. you know that's so 
so neat that you kind of you found something that you're interested in that, you know, took you on another little aspect of your journey to at least make you feel like you're striving towards a career that would, you know, help people. Yeah. So, and this was all, you know, kind of like in your college years, right? Yeah. Pursuing this. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, you know, how did that, you know, start to evolve? You're interested in physical therapy, you're studying science. What did, how did the rest of your college years kind of unfold with that goal? (laughs) (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) Um, It didn't unfold well, let's just Mm -hmm. put it that way. I Mm -hmm. was out of high school. I was in a relationship. Um, it was the first long-term relationship I ever had, and it was really good. It was awesome. I was madly in love with this guy, and we just had a great relationship. We had so much fun together, but I was also young, and he was only a couple of years older than me, mm-hmm. um, but I guess throughout, you know, after going into college, and he wasn't in college, and he's working, I'm working, and we had kind of like these two separate lives that we had to kind of try to blend together and it became very, very challenging. So within, I guess, I guess around our third year being together, things kind of started to take a weird turn and the energy was getting low and we were kind of moving in different directions Mm -hmm. and, you know, temptations arise and things like that. So we were just kind of going on different paths and long story short, betrayal ended up coming into the picture and it was really devastating so we ended up breaking it off in 2010 and that was like I mean it was like taking my heart out of my chest it totally devastated me um Mm -hmm. and then of course you know relationships are tough I mean yeah (laughs) I think relationships (laughs) with anything my relationship with gymnastics relationships Mm -hmm. with other people relationships with you know, food and your life with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all very challenging. And I think for me, you know, that that mentality coming out of gymnastics into the rest of my life, kind of having that belief system in the back of my mind that I wasn't really good enough and kind of having like that doubt, I yeah. kind of fell into like a routine of self-doubt and it wasn't as prevalent until that particular point in my life when that relationship ended and it was just it felt like my life was going in a downward spiral at that point I was drinking a lot I was going out a lot you know partying and hanging out with my friends working late nights not sleeping well what not eating well at all I just Mm kind of like lost care and that whole you know lost sense of purpose just came back to me and I was just like you know whatever I just basically fell into autopilot and I just kind of was going through the motions. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't doing anything. My body was in pain. I was just, I was Mm. just living, but I wasn't living to live, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, So, you know, you, you touch on autopilot and I think there are, so many people just in general that live on autopilot and, Mm -hmm. you know, especially I think to the former athletes, like in transitioning and when like a life event 
like this happens, we we definitely do downward spiral. And athletes are so tough on themselves, you know, mentally and emotionally that, you know, it definitely goes on to another aspect of, you know, why should I, why should I try for this next goal? Like that, mm-hmm. that purpose is lost, as you've mentioned. So talk a little bit more because this concept concept of autopilot is, is so prevalent. And I think there's people that need to be woken up from it, right? So talk about how you maybe got yourself out of autopilot. Right. Um, I 100% agree. Um, and I think, you know, it actually lasted a while for me because mm-hmm. after this relationship, I wasn't really fully over it. And it went on for about a year. We were kind of like back and forth a little bit. Maybe should we get back together or not? But he was kind of checked out at that point, And I was still kind of like, you know, oh, my God, like, what did I do? How could I, you know, make this mistake? And I just was so, so hard on myself. And I ended up falling into another relationship um, the year following that. And that became another four and a half years of really, really unhealthy relationships. Um, and so that autopilot lasted for me probably for nearly five years. And it was super tough. And the only way I woke up for it, honestly, was stepping back into my face. Um, that was a big, big transition for me. And it was the one thing that I realized at the time that was missing from my life for a long, long time. Um, you know, due to sports, my brother's playing baseball and football and soccer, me and gymnastics, Mm -hmm. you know, weekends and Sundays became all about the game. Um, and then that trans, yeah. And then that was kind of like, the same thing going into my adulthood because I was bartending on the weekends and working in the restaurant industry. And again, it was all about the games. It was all about football on Sundays and baseball. And um, so Sundays became more about work rather than rest and mm. rejuvenating and, you know, taking that time for yourself. So that was one of the big transitions for me coming out of that autopilot was, stepping back into my faith and taking, basically taking a step further in my spirituality that I never had Mm. before. Um, Mm. And then it was realizing that, you know, even though I'm in this lifestyle, I don't have to succumb to working on Sunday. And so I basically incorporated a lot of self-care and eventually Mm. I took Sundays off of my availability and I made it available to myself. Wow. That's incredible. You know, when you said you found faith, I like literally chills went down my whole body. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, whether it's faith or spirituality or something, something bigger that you believe in, mm-hmm. it, it, it comes to you at, at that time, you know, at mm-hmm. the time where or you are looking and seeking, you know, if you're looking for external things to help, right? It comes from within, or it comes from that that connection of that us as human beings we all have. So that is right. amazing, and I absolutely love, 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 love that you, you know, recognize this and you took Sundays back, and you, mm-hmm. you know, I think like that's a step in owning your life. 
you know, right. and taking control and knowing what what's going to fill you up, what's going to serve you best. And so that is absolutely incredible. I love that. Yeah. So and I think that's, sorry, I just want to say that I think yeah. that's important for, for your listeners to know that, you know, if you're somebody who's walking in autopilot right now, like the best way to start taking your life back into your hands and to try to get out of autopilot is, is incorporating self-care, whatever that looks like, whether it's spiritually, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, you know, stepping into a new level of your faith or just making time for yourself to walk out into nature, to move your body in some way, to, you know, feed yourself nourishing foods, whatever that may be. I think that self-care goes hand in hand with self-love and that's a mm-hmm. big, big step in you know, kind of getting out of autopilot and saying, hey, this is my life and I don't want to live like that. Yeah, no, that that is amazing advice. So thank you for sharing that. And I would, you know, love to kind of continue this and how you, you know, took your faith, you took self-care, you came out on what I call the other side of this post-sport life lull. Mm-hmm. Like you, you came out on the other side, the, the light became or started to come in. So how did your life start to shift in a way where you were engaging or pursuing, you know, careers that, you know, were in alignment with where you were now with your faith and, you know, health? Right. Um, So like I said, you know, going the physical therapy route didn't really pan out Mm-hmm. as well as I thought it did, you know, in the meantime, through unhealthy relationships and being really completely out of balance, um, you know, the other areas of my life weren't balanced either. So my career path basically kind of, you know, not to put it bluntly, but I guess in a way to put it bluntly, mm-hmm. took, a, took a nosedive into the shitter. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I applied... I applied three years in a row to physical therapy school um, Mm. while I was completing my bachelor's degree, and I got rejected all three years, um, Mm. which, you know, as an athlete is tough. Uh, But at the same time, we've also learned to to deal with that. You know, we've learned to deal with failure, but sometimes, you know, through life circumstances and life after sport, you kind of forget it a little bit. You kind of forget how to deal with that failure. So that really kind of woke me up and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do from this point. But what I did know is that the relationship I was in was a big, big cause of a lot of the things kind of getting out of balance in my life. So I knew that much and it took me a while to get out of it, but eventually I ended up breaking the ties. Um, And that was when I really, realized that I had control, that I was Mm -hmm. able to control the outcome of my life. And that was a big step for me. And I felt like, you know, finally put my big girl pants on. I was done living Mm -hmm. in guilt. I was done living in shame. I was done feeling sorry for myself. And I wanted to just change my life. And I, I made the commitment to myself. So following that, I ended up in another relationship. But this one was absolutely the best one, and it's still going on today. And then I ended up finding, yes, I ended up finding an amazing school that just called right out to me. Um, It's called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and 
it changed my life and it changed my whole outlook on life and health and what it actually means to be, you know, living a healthy lifestyle the way that you want it to be, not mm-hmm. to anybody else's terms, not to anybody else's ex- expectations, but just for, for you. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. I was very, very happy, and it was random. I was scrolling through Instagram, and it just kind of like it was the third, maybe the third one down on the feed, and it said, mm-hmm. become a health coach, and I was just like, what the heck is this all about? And it just totally caught my eye, and I was literally sitting in my parents' house, at my parents' house in the kitchen, scrolling through Instagram. I was chatting with my mom beforehand. What are you going to do? What's going to happen now? Are you going to reapply for another PT program? And I was just like, I'm done with this. And I just kind of came to terms with the fact that I guess that wasn't where I was meant to be. So when I found IIN and I, I called up to ask more questions and to find out what it was all about, I was just like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, I just had a full body, hell yes, like, this is where I needed to go. And the lights came on, and I just said, this is it. Like, this is where I need to go. Like, things are finally balancing out. And then as I'm in the program, I'm realizing that all the steps that I started taking the following year Mm -hmm. up until that point were basically all the steps that they were giving us in this school to, like, you know, build up our health and take our life back into control and, you know, start a new, start a new journey. Basically, that's what it was all about. Wow. That's, you know, sometimes I think very much what, what we either, I guess, fall into, right? Or if there's divine Mm -hmm. timing, I really believe that there is a purpose to us, you know, learning, learning a new craft or starting a new business. And that is serving us just as much as it's serving our audience or our tribe. Exactly. So from, you know, this health coaching, you know, realm and you completed what the schooling and then from there, what is, what is life kind of today with health coaching and your plans for the future? What does that kind of look like? Um, so at this time, I, I'm actually writing a book. <laughs> um, <Awesome>. Yes. <laughs> so I finished um, graduation last year in May. So it was May 2017. Mm-hmm. And I literally enrolled in their Launcher Dream Book program a month later. <laughs> oh, wow. So the health coaching part of it, like actually coaching people, mm-hmm. kind of took a standstill and I just kind of jumped right in and I was like hey I'm gonna write a book like you know I felt like that was the right thing to do at the time and I just it was actually a dream that I had in high school you know I had an English teacher who told me you Mm -hmm. should be a writer you write so well and you know he was always encouraging me to keep writing and and being creative that way um so but you know once I fell into all the sciencey stuff that Mm -hmm. kind of fell off and then after IIN and just, I just felt so inspired. I was finishing up the program. I was reading this other book. It's called Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambertini. Mm. And it was such an amazing book. And after I read that book, I'm just like, you know what? 
I should write a book. And why shouldn't I write a book, you know? I think every single one of us has a story, and I don't think that we should hold it in. I think that that's what empowers others is hearing stories and telling the stories that of challenges, of, you know, achievements, of all of that stuff. You know, just like when you hear these stories of Olympic gymnasts coming from their background and coming up into the light and, you know, doing something amazing with themselves. You know, they have stories and we follow them and we get inspired by that. So I think, you know, not just them, not just the athletes that we hear so much of, you know, on on media and in in the papers and stuff. And I think we all have a voice as well. So I think it's important to get those messages out, especially – if you have really strong lessons that you can teach um, for somebody who might be going through the same thing or very similar thing. So it just kind of, it just fell into place. It just felt like it was right and that it was something that I just had to do. So I started writing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, that, and you're (laughs) totally speaking like my love language, right? Like, of you know, sharing stories and, you know, same thing you like we hear about sometimes the olympians and whatnot but what about you know those athletes that you know competed through high school but then had an amazing you know not amazing as far as the experience at the time but a transition out of sport like yourself Mm -hmm. and what you're able to you know teach others and i think everyone connects with stories in a different way and because i think that Every every individual can speak to someone, you know. Not mm-hmm. not everyone can speak to everyone, right? Right. But there there's something meant for someone in each person's story. So that is amazing. I'm so proud that you're writing a book. I that's a future goal of mine, and I hear it's an endeavor. So yes. <laughs> I, would, I would love to hear a little bit about like the process that you kind of been through thus far with your book yeah so it's funny because when I started the program um the launch your dream book program it's actually only a six-month program and when I joined I'm like I'm like okay maybe this wasn't a great choice like I have to write a book in six months I'm like I don't even know what I'm writing about yet holy crap I I was like completely overwhelmed right from the beginning and I'm just Mm. like all right all right all right but at the same time, you know, that gymnast inside of me is always like, never give up, keep going, you know, you can do this, like, all you need to do is just, just sit with it, and just, you know, just write, just start writing, and honestly, I feel like if anybody's listening who, you know, or for you, Bethany, like, you want to just write a book, the best way to start is to just start, and, you know, it's, the biggest thing that they taught us in the program was that it's about progress, not perfection. Mm. So, um, and to just get it done, like it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, just write and keep on writing until you finish. And, you know, I had that mentality and I got about halfway through like the first part of the book. It was like the introduction, then chapter one. And I was, going pretty well and then I woke up one morning and I'm just like no like this isn't what I'm supposed to write and I literally deleted everything so that was about 
<laughs> that was about two months into the program, and I'm just like, oh, all right, wow. I got four months left. I may or may not finish, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to kind of say to myself, you know what? This is my own process. Whether I'm in this program or not, like, the program was amazing. It taught me everything I needed to know. It taught me everything, all the tools that I needed to self-publish because I'm going through mm-hmm. self-publishing okay. um, the, that route which, mm-hmm. you know, is great because I can go at my own pace and I didn't feel any pressure to, you know, get it done. So I've been writing the book for a little over a year now, fully writing it for about one year because I started mm-hmm. and then I stopped and then I started and then stopped. Um, and then I started again and I've mm-hmm. just been kind of going through it. And, you know, things change as you write the book. You remember things and it's definitely mm-hmm. a process. I mean, it's mentally in itself, mentally is, it's, it's big. <laughs> it's tough. Because <laughs> um, you're, you're remembering stuff as you write. Mm-hmm. You're remembering, you know, scenarios as you're talking about a particular topic. You're remembering these scenarios that you've dealt with throughout your life and you're like, oh my God, should I share this or should I not share it? And, you know, the biggest thing about writing a book is it's super, super vulnerable. Yeah. Um, which is kind of scary, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that I write about, which I believe is so prevalent in any area of our lives, is that vulnerability is strength. So mm-hmm. although I might be writing this book and I'm, you know, really putting myself out there, I'm laying it all out on the pages, I just know that it's going to give me so much back. You know, being able to share that vulnerability with other people is there's something beautiful about that and there's something you know strengthening in that for the person telling the story and the person receiving it as well so it's been it's been an amazing journey it's been an emotional journey it's Mm -hmm. been fun it's been hard um (laughs) you know it's it's still going yeah all of the things and, and it's still going and I don't know exactly when I'll finish um but you know, I'm just enjoying the process. That's so cool because, you know, also I've heard like through, you know, when you're writing your book, it's not that process is such a process because in a sense you're healing too. Mm-hmm. And you're going on the journey with the book um, right. through all of its ups and downs. So I really think that's all around just you know, I think by the end, by the time you do finish your book, you'll just feel this amazing sense of authenticity, right, to yourself, mm-hmm. and that you're putting it into the world, knowing mm-hmm. that you, you left it all there. And I, I think that's incredible. So I will follow your journey. I cannot wait to read it. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I know it. Um, yeah. And, and you. you have a title or a proposed title for your book yet. Yes. So the working title is called Beyond the Sport, a basic guide to conquer self-doubt, awaken your inner athlete, and optimize performance. So good. I can't wait. Yes. So it's a really great blend of my sports journey and everything that, you know, basically I talked about earlier, you know, how I transitioned Mm -hmm. from being a gymnast, going into college, and going through those relationships and those battles of you know, between myself and and really falling into that fear-based 
self-doubt mentality Mm -hmm. and then, you know, transitioning out of that as well as my health journey that's been going on for the past year and a half. So, you know, and it's all still a work in progress. So, but I think that it's a really good blend of all of that, especially for people who are in our shoes, you know, transitioning out of sports and going into the real life. And I think it's also a great message for young athletes, you know, to see, you know, to get an idea of what to expect in the future and, and how to navigate life after sports when it, when it does finish. Um, and then also for people who just kind of want to, you know, maybe embody that athletic lifestyle and step into the athletic mindset, because I think that that's achievable by anybody who is willing to make that commitment and is willing to, you know, put that into action in their life. Right. Yeah. I mean, being an athlete, I, you know, as I kind of think of it, you're always an athlete, like former mm-hmm. athletes, you're always going to be an athlete. You may not compete at the level that you did, but you still can own that mindset. You still mm-hmm. can own that drive. So that's going to be, you know, I think so impactful for definitely current athletes and former athletes and for anyone that, that feels that they embody just the athlete way of life. So mm-hmm. congrats. That'll be – I'm looking forward. Keep me posted. I'm sure I'll see it on, on Instagram when it starts <laughs> yeah. to make its debut. But Absolutely. You'll posted. be the first – one of the first ones to go find oh. copy for sure. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then we'll come back on the show and we'll talk about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes, we more, will. More in-depth. Yep. And we'll do it all about, you know, that book writing process. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a journey in itself, I hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Well, you know, I kind of want to take us in, in a, in a direction that talks about maybe those important people in your life, whether that's your mentors, your friends, former teammates, you know, your mm-hmm. significant other, and, you know, how do you value those relationships? Because, with her sports story, you know, we are the goal to share women athlete stories and connect with one another and really find the absolute, you know, bliss of being in a in healthy relationships and supportive relationships and those that lift, you know, one another up, whether that's through life, through their business, just through connection. So talk a little bit about you know, how that looks in your life at the moment? Oh, relationships are super, super valuable to me. Mm -hmm. Every relationship that I have, I 100% put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, relationships in general, they can be messy, they can be hard, they can be emotional, they can be mentally draining, but at the end of the day, we are human, but we're also hardwired for human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like one of the things that I learned in IIN, which really always stuck with me, was from Deepak Chopra. And he said that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting to me. But when I think about that, I, I think about, I always think about human connection. And I think that it's that, it's that spiritualness of relationships that we 
get on a day-to-day basis. So, Mm. you know, the most important relationships in my life, you know, one being especially the one that I'm in right now with the Hulk, as I like to call him. (laughs) (laughs) I refer refer to him as the Hulk in my book um, because he is literally the Hulk. He towers over me. He's, you know, (laughs) bulky. He's, you know, burly. He's, doesn't know his own strength at all, um, <laughs> but he's literally the best, and um, that relationship to me is super valuable because, um, one, I never felt the way that I feel about anybody that mm-hmm. I do with him, so, you know, that's important to me because I finally found someone who mirrors the way that I feel about myself. So the second most important relationship to me, actually, I think the first the first important relationship that anybody should have is with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's definitely number Huge. one, and that was that was the biggest, you know, thing that I had found in my life was my relationship with myself was truly neglected. Um, so once mm-hmm. I got that back, I was able to find someone like him, the Hulk, also known as Dominic. <laughs> Um, I was able to find, you know, somebody who mirrored that. So as much as I love myself, I know that he loves me. And then I can give that back to him because I've learned to fill myself up. You know, I can't, I can't give somebody what I don't have for myself. So Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So having that, you know, a, a intimate relationship like that should be a mirror of, what you feel about yourself. So mm. if that's something that you need to work on, then that is definitely like number one, like that self-care level has to go up 100%. Mm-hmm. And then the next, you know, relationships that are super important to me are my family. Mm. Of course, they are the foundation of everything that I am, all the support, you know, they're definitely 100% that support system that everybody needs. And not everybody has family that they can truly say that about, mm-hmm. um, which is okay, you know. I don't want anybody to feel that, you know, they're less than, that they don't have a supportive family. And I've known people that don't. I've known people that have, and I'm sure we all have known at yeah. least somebody who came from, you know, a really tough background and didn't have that support system or that family system that they can really truly fall back on. But, again, that's okay because we find other people, like friends. You know, my friends are the next thing that are super important to me. My closest friends, you know, former teammates that I still keep in touch with. Um, I value those relationships as well because we lived we lived through something together. So that's yeah. something that we'll always share the rest of our lives. Um, and although that we might not see each other every day or talk every day, um, we just have that mutual understanding, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like even though you and I have kind of pretty much just met through Instagram and we just, we have that connection because we have that understanding of what sports is all about. And that's what I love mm-hmm. about, you know, this whole community that we're creating and creating this tribe of yeah. former athletes to just connect and be vulnerable together. I think it's something that we can all share and grow with. And I think that that whole, you know, relationship and having those people 
in your life to mentor you along the way is going to be really, really crucial to your growth and development. So I think making those relationships, you know, matter in your life is really important. Mm, that was all so good. It's all gold that you just said. <laughs> Amazing. Gold, you know, I, the gold standards of, you know, relationships. Uh-huh. Right. No, I think, like, just the, the part of you kind of describing taking care of yourself first so you can take care of your, your relationship in that way. Oh, mm-hmm. So good. And, yeah, no, I I am so incredibly excited about this community that has started to blossom uh, mm-hmm. between former athletes because I think it is is definitely something that's needed out there. And I, it's, it exists, but it can exist, you know, um, more. Or it, there's so much growth that I foresee happening with this community mm-hmm. and that we will all, you know, be there for one another in times of struggle, in times of, you know, up-leveling our lives so I I'm so excited that that you're a part of it and that we of course as former athletes and former gymnasts you you just connect and I think that with our mission we have very similar you know goals that we're trying to reach and you know former athletes and people that we're we're looking to serve so yeah thank you I love that you're welcome thank you for bringing me in and letting me be a part of it. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> and you'll be on again. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, so my, my final question for you is if you were in a room with, let's say, 50 or maybe 100 former athletes that are, are just feeling that they've lost their sense of purpose and, and don't know which direction to turn, what advice would you maybe give them? That is a really good question. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest thing that I would say would be to focus on the process. Mm, Um, It's one of my steps to one, one of the biggest concepts that I talk about in my book, one of the first concepts I talk about in my book is releasing expectations um, because expectations ruin relationships. They ruin mm. the relationship we have with ourselves. They cloud our mind with judgments of other people, of ourselves. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that you could possibly do for yourself and for reigniting that sense of purpose or figuring out how to navigate through while finding your sense of purpose again is just to focus on the process, you know, not worry about the outcome of every situation Mm. and just kind of trusting that you are exactly where you're meant to be. Um, Because I think that was a, that was a big thing for me that, you know, I always, I always worried so much where I was going to go and, you know, when school wasn't working out, you know, I worried how long I was in college for. And I was always focused on, on when I was going to finish and when I'm going to get in the program. And, you know, what if I don't get in the program? What am I going to do next? And I just needed to come back 
to myself, come back to my heart, come back to my truth, and just mm. trust that everything was going to happen the way that it was meant to. So mm. I think that would be definitely the one thing that I would tell people that are in that situation. So good because I I envision, you know, myself or you like rewind however many years and just wanting to, for someone to to give us reassurance in that mm-hmm. regard or advice. So I love asking that question because I put myself right back in, you know, rewind <laughs> five years ago and just listening because at that point you're like, well, I will listen to anything. Like, mm-hmm. let me let me in with some type of advice or insight or light um, so I can at least take the first step in moving in that direction. Right. And, I, and I think that what you said is absolutely beautiful. So thanks so much. And, you know, lastly, thank you so, so much for talking with us today. And you are officially a part of the Her Sports Story tribe. So I am so happy that you're here, you know, with us from this point on. And, you know, please let us know where the HSS tribe can follow you, find you. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you so much for welcoming welcoming me into the community. That's awesome. And I feel so excited. Um, it's really cool to be part of a tribe like this. So that's exciting. Um, my handles are the Meg thing. So mm-hmm. you can find me on Insta at the underscore Meg underscore thing. And on Facebook at The Meg Thing, my website is www.themegthing.com. So you can head there and kind of check me out um, and follow my journey and join me on this book venture. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it was an absolute pleasure, Megan, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thanks. All right. Have a great (laughs) rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Bethany. Thank you, Bethany. Bye. Bye. Her Sports Story Tribe, thank you so, so much for tuning in, and I hoped you enjoyed Megan's story just as much as I did. More episodes of the Her Sports Story podcast will be debuting soon, so stay connected with us on Instagram at Her Sports Story and via the website at www.hersportsstory.org.